Welcome to Read, Eat, Repeat, the podcast for humble readers and hopeful cooks. I'm Alyssa Warren. And I'm Sally Kaloran. And today we're talking about Marion Key's new book. It's the sequel to her super famous bestseller, Rachel's Holiday, and the new book's called Again, Rachel. Mm, and we're taking a deep dive into how, off, sort of off that topic, how baking has really um, helped Marion Keys in her journey out of addiction. And Sal cooked a few of Marion's treats, yeah? Yeah, I did. I actually made her, her well, I made, made a few recipes, mm. a rocky road and then an absolute standout being her coconut milk bunt cake, oh. which I made a few changes to, which I'll share with you later in the episode. But it was, like, I was astonished that mm. it worked. Really? It was amazing. What, because you were cooking or because Marion Keys gave the recipe? No, nothing to do with Marion Keys, purely because I'd never used a bunt tin before. Oh, right. And it came out and I had an audience when yeah, I was okay. doing it and everyone was like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> it worked! It worked! <laughs> We're also going to take a look at The Space Between the Stars by Indira Naidu. It's hot off the press. It drops this week and we've been lucky enough to already have read it. And read it we did. I finished it in an afternoon evening and then yeah. drove it over to Sal's place. And then I was like, what are you doing? What's this? And she just said, you'll just read it tonight. Anyway, I, re- I sat down I think at 8.30 mm. and I'd finished it by 11 and I was a hot mess on the couch. Well, actually I wasn't hot. I was just a mess, <laughs> a mess. on the couch. <laughs> but it was one of the most astonishing books ever mm. and I feel privileged. In fact, I wrote some notes when I was doing it and one of the like, huge writing capital letters, mm. I said, thank you, Liz, for lending me oh, this really? book. Yes. It's so it's beautiful. Really so it's we'll magic. Let's We'll talk about that and exactly what it's about and some of the um, quotes in there and, and how. And who you would buy you. it for. Yeah, yeah that's because really I've got important. a list because yeah. it's amazing. We're also going to talk about lunchbox ideas. I found a gorgeous little ebook that was recommended by uh, Rebecca Sparrow. I don't know if you follow her. She's on Facebook she's and has this. book club, doesn't she? Yeah, she's got a book club and she's got a really engaged community um, about parenting and school and she's just oh, okay. awesome chick. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about lunchbox ideas and then we've got some fun book and food news and um and then a couple of extra things. Sal's hitting the veggie. Yeah, the veggie in books. a big way. <laughs> veggie and fish. I'm on a quest to find some really delicious veggie meals for yeah, the whole good. family. Okay, good. Mainly Me that too. my husband will eat without cooking a mm. steak mm. to accompany it. Yeah, we need to ease back on a bit of the meat action in our house too. Yeah. Lots of mince going on in my house. Oh, so much mince. Well, your house has been quite under the weather, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we got hit. We got hit with the COVID stick. <laughs> But and having so many children means it's just mm, weeks and weeks, weeks and weeks. And weeks and while weeks. They all get them. How's your I'm week sorry. been? Yeah, good. Look, Clover is next Clover level in Sal has a puppy. Yeah, yes, she okay. is really a lot of work. But um, <laughs> well, when you buy a mustard dog and you live in the city. <laughs> But I've also been doing a lot of baking with my son, Harry, and mm. it's been such a beautiful way to connect with him because he has a bit of an anger, uh, <laughs> angry temperament sometimes. <laughs> and it's a lovely thing to do, stand, standing side by side and, you know, just measuring ingredients. And I kind of do feel like I'm going to inspired by Marion Keys yeah. so that I don't form an addiction having <laughs> my... <laughs> Children just hanging around on by very thin thread. Yeah. 
What about you, Liz? Yeah, we had a good week. We've done a bit of lockdown here and there and um, we got the fire pit out. Oh. And I made a choc chip damper, which I put on the um, on one of our socials. I can't remember, Instagram or something. I think so, yeah. And uh, that was really fun. The key is, so you just look up Google damper and then just chuck in a shitload of choc chips. Yeah. Like if you think it's too many... Put in some more is basically <laughs> the go. And it's basically a big scone and you roll it in foil and chuck it on the fire. So that was really fun and the That's kids so loved cool. that. And Did you do one big one or we four, one big six one. individual ones? Big one. And they actually say to cook it like a cake in a cake shape. Oh. But I figured that it wouldn't cook through to the middle. Yeah. So we just did it in a log. Because that I presumed that would. And did you just rip it apart while it was still hot? Yeah, pretty much. It just, yeah, it crumbles apart. So yum, so much chocolate. But let's talk about Marion Keys again, Rachel. Yeah. This is a newish book. It's just come out really in the last couple of months. I've seen it everywhere. Mm. So this is a sequel to um, Rachel's Holiday which was written in 1997 and has since sold 1.5 million copies. Can you believe it? Imagine selling a million and a half books. It would be really nice. Wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Might be like, (laughs) look at me in my fabulous kitchen. (laughs) So um, it was a wildly successful book back then and I read it over the summer because I knew this book was coming out. And over the last couple of years I've really loved Marion Keys and I've read a couple of her other books and yeah, she's so I just funny, adore her. I adore her gorgeous accent. Do you read and... her books in her voice? Yes. So after you recommended audiobooks, I've done a bit of this book in an audiobook. Oh, it's and she reads she it. She reads it. Oh, it's yeah. the best. Like you just smile while yeah, you're listening to yeah, it. Yeah, you do. She's just glorious. <laughs> I just adore her. So um the book is fantastic. You ha- I do believe that you had to have read Rachel's Holiday. Okay. I do think so. I mean, you probably could dive in if you wanted, but it gives you such a great backstory if you've read the previous book. So basically um, that previous book is about a girl called Rachel Walsh and she has this gorgeous family of sisters and she's out there exploring the world, living in New York, and she basically comes face-to-face with her addiction issues and ends up back in Ireland. She was in New York with, you know, living the life. Yeah. And she ends up back in Ireland in a famous rehab clinic called The Cloisters and she's gorgeously talking about how she's going to see celebrities and she doesn't and it's a very um, brutal mirror to the face of her addiction issues and that whole book's about how she finds love and loses love and um, and in the end it, it finishes up with a lovely big bow. So then this picks up 20 years on and as we know, a lot, a lot can happen in 20 years. Shit's falling apart. <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty much the essence of the book. Is she back in rehab? No, so she actually works there. Oh, wow. And it goes through. It is really cool She's because Marion Keys has then very cleverly created these little short stories within this book that are they're about all these different people and their addiction issues and wow. um, the either the tragedy or the um, circumstances which people have come under that means that they're in there facing their addictions and trying to get better or or not. There's a lot of that as well where they're just like, oh, I'm in here because, you know, my mum my t- sent me or my husband sent me. Yeah. Or, so, Did she mention the pandemic at all? Because I imagine no. people of Ireland have done it so tough in yes. the last couple of years. She doesn't. And I actually, shut. I think she wrote a lot of it pre-pandemic and maybe finished it towards the beginning of okay. that. Um, 
What a great business model. Like imagine if she sells another one and a half million. Oh, and she would. It this book. So if you have read Rachel Rachel's Holiday, I highly recommend this book. It's a lovely refresh into a new world as well. 20 years ago there was no email or maybe like just. Yeah. But people weren't texting or sending photos or WhatsApping yeah. like bloody no tomorrow. And she so, found love and had kids. Or was um, that giving it away? No, no. She says that from the beginning. No, she's like, but she's found someone else. She's not with the guy that she was throughout this whole, the previous book. But they come back into each other's lives. So that's quite cool. Um, I really did like it how it had all those extra little stories but strung together through this story of Rachel who's still figuring herself out and it's very much about her past but also her present and dealing with being who she is on a daily basis, she still says, oh, and that reminds me, I'm still an addict. Um, that's quite powerful. And it's a lovely reflection on forgiveness and forgiving herself and forgiving others. Wow. And it's a real, real story. Like she's such a flawed character and they all are in this book, which is what I really loved about it. But it's a really lovely connection of people. So it's a great book, really good. About Marion Keyes' own. I think it's a, I think the ori- very original one, yeah, was quite reflective of her life. And she's got, I think in real life, she has a couple of sisters that she's quite close to. And yeah, she talks about her family a lot in her newsletter, which I receive on, on my email. I think like there's just a couple a year, but I remember listening to a um, podcast, I think it was with Richard. Um, not Richard Glover, Richard mm. Feidler. Oh, yeah, I listened to that too. Oh, my God, it was so she glorious funny. in that? And yeah. she was saying how her, it's like uh, telling stories in her family is like an Olympic sport. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> like you have to try and outdo each other. Yeah. That's the essence of this book. Oh, it's got that feeling to really it. I enjoy it, especially if, you know, your life is falling yeah. apart. Do you know what? You. I would also say, though, it's quite different to any other book that I've read recently where I feel like a lot of books it's about solving the mystery history or getting to the bottom of a crime and yeah. you're, you're page turning like it? a maniac. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. yeah, like in the night I'm like, who did? No, was it Sally? No, because oh, she's just done that. Was it and the mother-in-law? There's yeah. none of that, which is actually really so it's nice. Of observations of yeah. characters. Yeah, and it's like you're not reading the book to finish it. You're reading the book to be in it oh, and okay. just to be hanging out with these people. Oh, it's like company. Wow. Yeah. I would, were you sad when you finished it? Um. Yeah, but I think I could reread it yeah. because it's a big book and I'm sure there's yeah, parts book. Yeah, I'm sure there's parts that I've overlooked or haven't really connected with and And tell me about the food within the book. There was a little bit of food within the book, not a lot. Um, lots of lovely reminiscing food, which I really loved. I wanted to read you actually the dedication at the beginning because I think you'd love it. It's a quote by Emily Dickinson. The truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. Aww, Isn't that nice? I mean, so that's really about coming to terms with your own um, problems, I guess. So there was a bit of bit of that in there. But um yeah, most of the food was about, you know, there's gorgeous things about she goes home and she eats biscuits or talks to her family about, you know, different foods and the memories they bring back. And um, there's this funny, funny, you would love this life. So there's lots of observations of life. This is not a food one, but they talk about this um that her and her sisters have this funny laugh between them about whether men are called a feathery stroker. 
What? At a feathery stroker, she says. The term feathery stroker originated years ago in New York after one of their friends slept with a kind, respectful man who'd spent most of the night stroking her body with feather light pressure. Unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) Being flung across a bed and ravaged was much more her thing. So then whenever they talk about a bloke, they're like, was he feathery stroker? So you really feel part of this gorgeous little gang of women. It's really, don't you think that's, that's funny so and good. cute? What you, and then there's gorgeous re- references to food. Really, like um, they're preparing a meal and they're talking about asparagus being a seasonal delicacy and whether they have to serve. Is there a vegetarian option? Um, is one of the questions they ask. And then it's like none of the relations are vegetarian. Well, I'm a vegetarian. You're not a vegetarian. And um, and then it's like, well, just eat around it. Don't eat the meat. Just eat the vegetables around because yeah. it's just gorgeous family observations about food, which I think we've all been there. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, don't eat. How do you, what are we going to cook when the vegetarian yeah, comes? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, ta- just take the meat off the plate. Just all yeah, the yeah. veggies. <laughs> They can have potatoes. Uh, and you read um, the off the back of that, Sal, and I had a chat about this book and then we knew that Marianne Keyes had written a book some yeah. time ago about baking and how it healed her personally. Exactly. So the book's called Saved by Baking and it's really hilarious because I think anything she writes, I just have that really strong Irish accent, mm. you know, when they, she says fecking hell all yeah, the time. Yeah. But, look um, it. She says look it a lot. It's <laughs> such an Irish thing to say. Look it. Look at here. And I don't know if I always read in the, yeah, well, obviously I don't know every what every novelist sounds like, but mm. with her, everything I read is in yeah, her accent. I'm not going to read this passage out, no. but um, <laughs> one of the things is somehow the conversation strayed to millionaire's shortbread and how hard it would be to bake. She's talking about an observation she's talking about with her husband mm-hmm. and she said, to my great surprise, he suddenly became very animated and stopped looking like a man considering himself set on fire, sat up and said, No, it's really easy. I used to make it when I was a teenager. I can't tell you it was like discovering he was secretly Argentinian and had enjoyed a moderately successful career as a polo player in his 20s. (laughs) So every recipe has this really hilarious introduction. Oh, I like that when a recipe. The recipes themselves are really good. Mm, Okay. Um, And she does a lot of normal recipes but with her own twist. So like she does Rocky Road but with tea biscuits and um, a whole lot of different nuts. So I made that but I also made this coconut milk bundt cake Mm. um, basically because you a few weeks ago did this amazing bundt cake and I'm like I'm going to try it. So I bought the new tin (laughs) and then I was looking for a recipe and Marion Keys had one. Um, apparently I've done a lot of research on what you use to line the grease, grease yeah. the baking. Because that's where it can all go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I use canola oil spray and Harry, who was baking with me, said it looks like snow. I'd use so oh. much. Well, <laughs> that cake came out. Yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the best bits of this cake was the sugar milk syrup because, you know, I love a milky cake. I love a so syrup. I talked about the milk cake or the trailech cake. Mm. Um, and it was very similar in the delicious kind of sweet milk that you, so you pierce it once it's baked oh, with a fork okay. 20 times and then just put this coconut milk and brown sugar in. Oh, yum. And Marion might be horrified, but I. Well, I'm actually really bad at reading the entire recipe f- before I do it. Yeah. So do you I just read the ingredients. I read the ingredients mm. and then Combining I kind books. of don't yeah. look ahead. No, I don't either. Yeah. Just 
Which, Chuck it all together or did it come undone? What well, not? it's always annoying. So there's two things that came undone. This was one of them. I'll talk about the next one after. But the last step was cool the cake for six hours or oh. overnight in the fridge oh. and then take it out of the tin. Oh. And I had ten people at my house waiting for this cake to be cooked. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, we're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, six and minutes. And it was still hot and it was oh. absolutely delicious. I wonder what would have happened if you put it in the well, fridge. it would have been really cold and a totally different cake. Dense. Yeah. yeah. It was still dense because of the milk but oh. it was the fact that it was warm mm. and I, the kids ate it before I even, maybe they were really hungry, but <laughs> I before I could even give them forks, they'd just put their faces into the cake and eaten it yeah that's a good sign oh my god I'm cooking this cake like dogs (laughs) so um I actually changed a lot of this recipe which probably Marion would hate but I've been really lethargic post-covid anyway I saw this naturopath all my doctor friends would be going I can't believe you did this Mm. and she's got me on this dairy-free diet but I saw her on Saturday and she said you can start on Monday and I made this cake on Saturday so I used half butter half coconut Oh, I thought you were going to say, and so, I mean, like, what's 24 hours? I know. So I used 170 grams of butter, which the recipe said, but then I substituted the other things. So um, I used, instead of proper milk, Mm. 200 mils of milk, I used coconut milk. Mm. It was delicious. Yum. Coconut milk's a thing now. Yeah, I think it's been a thing for a while. Has it? Yeah. (laughs) We're just we're just a bit slow on the uptake. Well, I highly um I highly recommend that if you don't want to do the full mixer, just substitute the dairy for the coconut milk if you yeah. want a coconutty flavour. Yeah. It was really good. And did you love like did you feel that you understood how this baking was a great way of healing? Absolutely. Actually, one of my friends, um, I was talking to her about it. So she's actually had a breakdown in the past and Mm. she has said that baking is a form of meditation for her as well. And she explained it as through the week, you're working, you get home, you're cooking to feed people. Mm, It's not really Mm. enjoyable, but you're usually baking when you have time. Mm. And so having the time to measure the ingredients and to combine, Mm. you know, the butter and the sugar, it actually is really therapeutic because you're not rushing, you're enjoying it. There's something really beautiful at the end of it. And so that part is part of the meditation she said yeah and um, quite centered I suppose in that moment yeah too. yeah it's like running finding something it really is or mowing the lawn form. yeah yeah not well, no, just or mowing the lawn no. for me <laughs> but for different people they would find that moment of not thinking about anything yeah else. remember Trent Dalton said that mowing the lawn cures a hangover oh that's right and you and I were like mate are you kidding <laughs> you must have a small lawn oh. um but I actually never been a baker until the pandemic till I've spent more time at home so what did you cook more no I just thought it was a waste of ingredients and I didn't like eating cake Mm. but now let me tell you (laughs) tables have turned (laughs) as the scales are now speaking of healing let's talk about this gorgeous book the space between the stars by Indira Naidu I um worked with Indira a couple of Time, like actually a few times I worked at a current affair when Indira was working at Choice magazine 
Yeah, I remember that. I remember when she left the ABC to go to Choice. Yeah, and I used to see her. I mean, I did consumer stories, I reckon, every other day. <laughs> so I feel like I saw her quite a lot. She has. She always, even back then, this is like 20, no, 15 years ago, she had such a beautiful presence about her. Um, and when I had seen that she had written a book, I'd read The Edible Balcony. I've got that. Mum gave that oh, to me that one year hers? for Christmas. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a really great book. It's good for inner city living yeah. and wanting to have um, an oh, edible balcony. That one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and then I seen that she had written the space between the stars. So we got our hands on this copy, and it's really it's a an amazing book. I feel like it's almost prayer like the way that it's written. Yeah, it's, well, um, it's about grief, and mm. she's actually in the trenches of grief as she's writing it. But it's interspersed with chapters of when she was a child, yeah. and then the now. It's very much about it's how story. she's yeah she seeks healing after her sister dies through um, suicide. It's a very deeply personal book. Yeah, very touching, and it's so current as well because. Her beautiful sister, who she refers to as Star Girl, which oh, I just love that so much. Same, I fell in love with that at the beginning because yeah. you really got a feeling for rather than describe what she looked like. Yeah, um, you got a sense of feeling of her, her essence. Yeah, of, yeah, and there's also um, I think it's re- relatable to so many people because you know most of us have experienced grief, and when I was reading it, I was actually going this is exactly how because well, my dad mm. died very suddenly when I was 19 he was 52 mm. um he had a heart attack he did it before Shane Warne is I'm sure he would be really because <laughs> he was very competitive he'd be like I did it first um but <laughs> but it took me straight back there some of the things really? that she talks about like the she woke up and the memory cut through her like a hot knife mm. And those kinds of things. Also the fact that her beautiful star girl Mm. died um, in Melbourne in the first pandemic. And I think it speaks to the wider mental health ramifications that it has had. Mm. These lockdowns have had on so many people. I mean, this isn't the first story I've heard of people Mm. dying by suicide as a um, result of well mm. probably not a direct result of the pandemic but the added pressure of being isolated and mm. being alone and not having you know the usual resources you would have to help you during mm. that time. I think it's um, it's important to note it's not a book about suicide although she does deal with that it's about grief so it's very much a book that I feel like you said you could read and relate to about how you have grieved and even now how that grief has transformed over many years. And I think it would, um, it's the sort of book that I feel I would give to people who were going through yeah, absolutely. some sort of grief. It's the book you give with some flowers and say, I hope this and I helps think it you and would speaks absolutely to you. help you because mm. you would read that feeling I'm not alone it actually explains some parts of grief and the grieving process and then also talks about what um beautiful Indira who I actually looked up the meaning of her name oh, really? which means um splendid 
And I was like, this is so, like, it is a splendid novel. Yeah, it It is. is. (laughs) It's very, um, and it's so beautiful in how it's quite spiritual as well. In that it's very much about nature. There's this one part, which I think this is important about grief. It's, she says, no two people feel it the same way. It's like witnessing an armed holdup in a 7-Eleven. All the customers have been terrorised by the same gunman with the same gun. But depending on your proximity, the aisle you happen to be in, even how long you've been in the store, your version of events will vary. Frustrating the attending police officers no end, which is just so true because I absolutely you can then really understand. It's also a good book to read if you're helping someone through grief. Uh, yeah. And it has a great reflection on city living. I think we often think to recover from something you need to go to the country and look at the landscapes and yeah. being the bush. And it wasn't an option. It's not an option for and it's not an option for a lot of people out yeah. there in the world. And this is a gorgeous reflection on being able to be in the city and find beauty in what Indira says sometimes, like the weeds in the cracks. I know. Yeah. So gorgeous. She really does turn to nature as a healing mechanism and in particular to the Royal Botanic Gardens Mm. and to a particular tree. The tree. Which I could actually picture it. I know that tree. Yeah. And she was so wonderful in her descriptions that she described exactly where it was. And she called it the time traveller because this tree is there. It was a lovely feeling of that permanence, that time moves on yeah. and this tree has been there for someone else and will be there for someone yeah. else beyond you. And she's worried about the roots that are being cut off by the road mm. and what that could mean for the tree and, and for all its stories. She also talks about the beautiful hum that builds into a gentle rhythm as old as the earth when she comes in closer to the tree and she says the she-oaks and eucalypts lean in closer still. Like she mm. really feels um, as if she says her skin tingles with an unseen embrace Mm. like she really does turn to nature and um I loved how she she communicated with so many experts and experts that you wouldn't normally turn to yeah to give a different perspective and try to find meaning yeah it wasn't your standard thing that had happened yeah she didn't go to like the local spokesperson that you always hear the psychologist or someone from beyond the blue or or the you know grief counsellors yeah yeah there are no books like this I think I mean the people she interviews is like bird experts and the guy who runs the botanic gardens yeah and and the edible person I wrote something down actually that she talked about um biophilia Mm -hmm. where she talks to there's a book by Dr Esther Stenberg who talks his books called healing her books called um healing spaces the science of place and well-being and so it really talks about um biophilia as being our innate need to connect with the natural world Mm. and I do think that speaks to even if you're not grieving even if you're just feeling down Mm. like how many times during lockdown did we do that bushwalk yeah and we were drawn to parts of Sydney that I'd never explored before within our 5k's yeah. and noticing all, all those nature's noticing the flowers mm. noticing how the um the, the lilies and the the weeds mm. in it and because weeds are actually part of this she's noticing the yeah. weeds and how they can be used they shouldn't be called weeds they can have medicinal qualities and yeah. they can be eaten and 
Oh, what a book. I loved that. She says, actually, a weed will certainly set you straight. I've seen life sprouting in places I thought it would be impossible to survive, which is quite reflective of the book. Indigenous Australian writer and farmer Uncle Bruce Pascoe says that when you ingest a plant, you metabolise its story. The story of weeds is one of survival, determination and resilience. Their domain in the city may be within the cracks, but cracks is also how the light gets in. Such a beautiful book. Like this is a 10 out of 10 book. I feel yeah. like people will read this for years and years and yeah. have, it's the sort of thing like I loaned it to Sal but I was pretty keen to make sure that I, I got know. it back. <laughs> I, and I was even going, okay, I'm going to go and buy like yeah. 10 copies yeah. because there's quite a few people right now in this moment that would benefit from reading this yeah. and not just in a superficial way, like it will help them heal. Mm. I feel a pr- actually privileged to have read it. Yeah. There's Thank not many you. books, um, oh, thanks to Indira, that's such a, it's a beautiful book. There's not many books like that. I liked Option B by Sheryl Sandberg, which taps into grief and it's more about getting yourself to recover. This is also about being in it and connecting to nature in a far more beautiful way. But, um, yeah, there's not many books like this, I don't yeah, believe. Yeah, I remember I, um, American I read Alice Siebold, who is a journalist, oh, yeah. The Lovely Bones. Yeah, you mentioned that. I felt that. like that kind of connected like to kneeling. me mm. in terms of even though it was nothing to do with my dad, just the relationship of someone not being any more and being okay and trying to get back but not always making it because, mm. you know, they're in another place. I found that kind of comforting. But Did you like the end of this book where um, there's a beautiful part towards the end where she feels connected to her sister, yeah. that her sister is coming to say she's okay? Yeah. Did you ever feel that with your dad? Yeah, absolutely, mainly through dreams Mm. and then you'd wake up and feel so upset that the dream was over and like reality would sink in. But another thing that I related to, well, there's two more things that she says she expected to have good days and bad days but not good hours and bad hours within the same morning, Mm. which is often what happens. Um, And then she also said like being alone at night because I really sought out other people and put myself in a position where I would never be alone Mm. because she said going to bed is like lying down in the dark with an open chest wound. Oh, yeah. I know. So what a book. What a book. I just feel... Thank you for yeah. driving to my house oh, and putting it I'm in so, my hands. The look on Sal's and face and she's like, what are you doing I here? I was like, Saturday afternoon. Book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more. And you're like, are no, we talking about Marion Keys? I'm like, yeah, there I was no explanation <laughs> either. And you just said, in your way, you just go, you need to read this. I was like, okay. And then I said, Daisy's in the car. Got to go. I got to go. I'm she's so probably I'm just... eating my radio. <laughs> okay. I'll go read it. Speaking of getting back to normal life, tell me about your lunchbox cooking that you've done. We're running over time. I'd just like to acknowledge that. So if you have to go press pause and come back. <laughs> um, tell me about your lunchbox ideas because we decided that <laughs> we would. What a segue, hey? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I like sticking to the time. I know. Um, so, look, cool. just get myself <laughs> back in the room. Okay, lunchboxes. Sal. <laughs> Sal's about to cry. Um, let me go first. So um, we decided last week we were going to do some lunchbox cooking and I found this great little ebook through Rebecca Sparrow, who I mentioned at the beginning, 
um, there's this lady called Emma Swan. She's a former teacher and has this ebook called Hearty Little Kitchen. And she's quite popular on socials. So if you want to go and find her, she's out there, Hearty Little Kitchen. And I co- I cooked one of her suggestions. I cooked pinwheels. Oh, I have no idea what they are. Basically puff pastry with whatever the hell you want and you just chop them up like little mini, imagine like little mini cinnamon scrolls but yeah. little mini tiny ones. you roll ones. them up? You roll them up. So you put on, so she suggested you do pizzery ones. So on a so like sheet of puff ham, pastry. Pineapple. Exactly. Yep. Uh, maybe not pineapple but <laughs> you roll it up and then just chop them in half and just cook them. That's it. doesn't get much easier than that. But my kids also then request, they said they used to have them uh, they've had them previously at their daycare and they had them with Vegemite and cheese. Oh, so yum. I did Vegemite and cheese ones. It's a really good option. So you roll them up before you bake them? Correct. Yeah, okay. And then you place them they so really they're big? like a cinnamon scroll start, like so it's got the swirl That's and then you just – kids are having just, tomorrow. Yeah, and cook heaps. That's where you could go wrong. Do you freeze them? Uh, no, they go so quickly. Oh, okay. I'll do like four sheets of puff pastry. Four sheets, okay. Right? And then you just put it on, say, like half of it. Oh, great. And just and then chop, 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 oven out. They'll eat them hot. How long in the oven? Oh, just till they're brown. Okay. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. (laughs) Yeah, keep an eye on it. (laughs) Set an alarm. I find if I don't set an alarm, I forget. forget. And then I smell and go, oh, shit, what is (laughs) Yeah, me too. Who would like some burnt pastry? Them um, I also found Ray Lunchbox ideas a really good blender banana spinach muffin, which I think you'd really like. That They're green, so fucking rank. doesn't it? Um, <laughs> look at the picture. They're green muffins. I, I don't know if my kids would eat Do them. You reckon it's fun? Sell it. It's all in the cell. Oh yeah, and then you the put in like pitch. your neutral bullet, like eggs, banana, honey, milk, spinach, vanilla. Um, you blend that, then chuck in some almond flour. Uh, a bit of cinnamon, baking powder. Um, what couple is of other almond herbs. flour? Just almond meal. It's just almond, yeah. Like, yeah, I think so. Maybe it's mixed with a bit of flour. Mm. Don't know. Yeah, right. Um, they sound fancy. Not that fancy. They're pretty easy. Then just pop it in the cupcake thingies ah, and just cook it. Okay. And sit. Because well, my friend Lisa sent me this recipe too that initially when I read it, I'm like, fuck that. It's um, a book called Wholesome Child by Mandy Satcher, Satcher. Hmm. Um, anyway, I didn't think my kids would eat them mainly because they have steamed sweet potato. It's a muffin. Oh, okay, yeah. So they have sweet potato, a yeah. cup of zucchini, oh. Oh. carob flour, which I didn't add because yeah, carob's gross. Yeah. But then all these really like things, coconut sugar, coconut oh. oil. Oh, see, I feel like that would be an expensive did you go and buy all those things? Well, I actually had them all in the oh, fridge, okay. in the cupboard. Yeah. Um, baking powder, then two tablespoons of cocoa powder, which I think is the most important thing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so you can't taste anything. Exactly. <laughs> because my kids had four in the afternoon. I cooked them. I've never seen them eat muffins oh, as quickly. That's good. They were absolutely delicious and they're completely guilt free. You can also put um, so you use brown rice flour, which I didn't have. I just used normal flour. Mm. But I'll totally use the healthy flour next time because they don't even know. Right. And the sweet potato makes it so know. dense yeah. that it is yeah, absolutely that yummy. Are you cooking those sweet potatoes before? Yeah, you, you just steam them. But it's not a shit fight because okay. I had to steam it. I'm quite dog. into stuff I can just chuck in one bowl. I'm a one bowl kind of person. 
yeah, this is one bowl yeah. after you've steamed, steamed the sweet potatoes. potatoes. Just okay. chuck it in the microwave. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and so my lunch boxes, Harry has cystic fibrosis, so that affects his lungs and his digestive system, and he actually can't absorb fat on his own. Mm. So he has to take it's called Creon, but there are other um, ones available, but he takes Creon, which is a pancreatic enzyme that he has to have to um, absorb fat. And so he's at preschool. So his, um, his recess has to be six grams of fat and his lunch has to be 12 grams of fat. So I always throw in like cabanossi or a sausage mm. or do you remember cabanossi? Mm. It's really good. I saw a recipe recently for cabanossi that would be good for Harry. You put that in the blender with like mayo or sour cream or something oh, and then I you need paste this. it on toast. I That'd love be good. cabanossi. I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. I'm mm. looking at your face for no, judgment. Thanks. Yeah. Do you know none of the butchers around here sell it? Really? It's too snobby. It's too snob. Too what? many snobby people live really? here. You're too good for cabanossi. Yeah, you go out to other places. You yeah. can get cabanossi at the oh. butcher. Oh. Anyway, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> for next time. Sal's pissed about that. Yeah, but that's a great idea. We also do lots of meals. I cook extra, extra, extra everything at dinner mm. and they have it for lunch the next day. So if I'm doing fried rice, I'll put an extra cup in Yeah, and they have fried rice for dinner. So do they give pasta? Do they, do they give Harry that medication after his food? At yeah, so school? it's just a capsule. So yeah. every time he has, every time he eats, mm. he has to have it. That's so good of one, them. They're yeah, they're that. amazing. Mm. And then the hope is that by the time he gets to school, he just does it himself. Mm. Obviously, I'd want the teacher just to check. Yeah. Because he has very severe stomach pains if he misses it. Mm, I'd love him. Um, but on my veg thing, I've yeah. also read this fantastic new book uh, called... Your Daily Veg. It's by a UK author called Joe Woodhouse. Don't yeah. you think that's just a great Joe name? Joe Woodhouse. It's yeah. like you've it's got, like to Oprah, you've got to be on Oprah name. or something. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just, just on our chef. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just be a chef. <laughs> so uh, it is a really good cookbook. Mm. There's, he's, I've made this potato boulangerie. Oh, Which that was, sounds look at a lot it. of potatoes oh, going yummy. on in your house. <laughs> going with the Irish theme. <laughs> no, this is a Marion Keys segment. Um, <laughs> oh, that's my Siri. Hey, do you know what I did with Siri? I turned Siri into an. Um, she she speaks in Irish. Oh, yeah, it's so much nicer. <laughs> like, listen to this. Hey Siri, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> that's a flop. That's nice. I'd like to be your friend. <gasps> That's so cool. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I don't have an Apple Watch, but yeah. if I did, oh. I can probably do it on my phone. Oh, you store it on your phone? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to totally copy Anyway, back you. to your potatoes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a caponata, yes. which is like a V8 version of a ratatouille. You know ratatouille, it's got I like zucchini, eggplant, yeah. yes. tomatoes. Yeah. But you add raisins, capers, pine nuts oh. um, and green olives at the end. Oh, yeah. So you're just just jazzing that up a bit. Yeah, bazzing that bazzing up. it up. So Matt cooked a steak and had it as a side dish, but I had it with a bowl and my kids had it with pasta. Anyway, mm. I think that that's a really good book and I'm not even finished cooking from it what's it called your daily veg like your daily give us, veg give us this day your daily oh, veg oh good I don't know. That's, that's cute what i think yeah that's gorgeous <laughs> okay 
good. I'd like to borrow. Can you just highlight the next couple and then yeah. let us no, know? No, you can borrow it for the week. Yeah, good. Yeah, just give it I back. saw a meal that would make you vomit on um, <laughs> the latest. You know how we talked about TikTok? What was it that they were doing like? Oh, egg, I, I something about think egg. Every time you show me a Gwyneth a Goop recipe, yeah, I'm vomit. Like, that Sounds like that. Was a vomit. So I saw one that I laughed because I thought of you. People are now on TikTok, like young people, um, <laughs> getting two minute noodles, cooking them, and I then love a two minute noodle. Same, load. but it's now like it's, they're jazzing it up. Mm. Then they mix in with they put in the fry pan after it's made with bacon, chicken, and cream. And now everyone's like, oh, this is this culinary masterpiece. Oh, that sounds foul. You should see it, like, bleh, being, like, tossed in the cream. My kids would love that. <laughs> Can you imagine? My kids would probably want it every night. Bacon, <laughs> chicken and cream through two-minute noodles. Oh, my God, you'd never sleep. You'd be having, like, <laughs> It'd probably be good carb-loading before a game of soccer or something. Probably. Want them to. And then I saw another one, a Hayley Bieber um, snack, you know, Justin Bieber. Are you on TikTok? His no, I just read about it. I follow, um, you know, the lady that makes the green muffins I was telling you about. Oh, yeah. She's called Ambitious Kitchen and I follow her oh, on. And um, she's made the internet's most internet Sorry, back to Hayley Bieber. So, Hayley, so she did the Hayley Bieber latest thing and that is pretty much cheese and passata on toast in the oven and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so amazing. And I thought, wow, you can really that. just, yeah, probably. It was <laughs> pretty much make anything you want She's these like, days. I hey, can... and speaking of just news, I really wanted to um, tell you the news that um, Where the Crawdads Sing trailer is out. Oh, I saw that. Oh, have you? Is that in July? Some... Yeah. I can't well, I don't know wait. where I saw it. And at, Oh, I know, Reese's Book Club. Yeah. She sent an email out with it. It yeah, looks amazing. Doesn't it? Although I thought that the character was nothing like the, the main girl in my head. Same. She was so polished. I thought she was white clean. Like I, the girl, I imagine clean. was like a like a mess and An dirty, absolute mess, dirty, like gorgeous, Proper dirty, so skinny because yeah. all she eats is grits. I was a bit disappointed by that. So I'm in two minds as to whether mm. I watch it because I loved that book and I love the character I've got in my head. And yeah. I think it'll be ruined by yeah. this Hollywood. Yeah, it is Hollywood. I also saw in our, um, you know, just to add to that little bit of book news, remember when I read the last thing he told me? And remember I told you at the end Julia Roberts was playing, it's said in the book, like on the last page Julia yeah. Roberts has signed on with the Reese Witherspoon shebang to do the main. Jennifer Garner posted this thing this week saying, I'm just learning to be a wood turner because that's the main character in the book and I'm it. Oh, wow. Yeah. They look nothing alike yeah. and their so, ages are very different too. How do you feel about that? I didn't imagine either of those kinds of people playing the role in that book. If anyone's mm. read the last thing he told me, I imagined that character. She was the one who solved the white collar crime. That was a real like page turner. I imagined her to just be like smart, discreet, a bit aloof, mm. not like a fun, happy go lucky, you know, rom com kind of chick. Absolutely, is Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Like, I'm the loveliest person in the yeah. world. Look at my dimples. Yeah, she's so cute. <laughs> you just want to like put her on your bed like a toy in the day. <laughs> Like a kid. <laughs> I don't know how she would feel about that. That's weird. Um, so uh, let's wrap it up. Sorry we've gone over time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all your support. We wanted to ask actually at the end of today a very quick free favour that will cost you like three seconds and no money if you could just um, give us a rating and 
leave a review if you want. Um, It'd be amazing because so far mum's the only one that's left a review. Yeah. Thanks, mum. <laughs> Thanks, mum. Such a legend. And if you have a moment, please send the podcast out to, you know, one of your one million WhatsApp groups that you might have like I do. Bloody hell. What about a WhatsApp group? <laughs> so can you just spice up your WhatsApp group where, and where send this podcast? Where do you want us to be on like the kindy, uh, yeah. kindy WhatsApp? Soccer, <laughs> basketball, right? I don't know. Pick a sport. Maybe oh, a WhatsApp boy. group with your friends. One with your friends, girlfriends or a book club. We'd be really grateful because we love doing this and we'd love to, um, you know, extend our community so that we can exchange different ideas about books. And, yeah, and um, we've got a few food. more ideas coming up about how we can be a bit more profesh, mm. get you your book news in a yeah. more succinct way. And um, we really love what we're doing. We yeah, love reading books. We love chatting. We love talking um, about them and to each other. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for being along uh, for the ride. Yeah, thanks so much and we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>